Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. News today out of the Pac-12 footprint. We've been talking a little bit on the show. The Pac-12 CEO group uh, appears to have agreed and finalized the terms of their grant of rights. What does that mean? Well, John Wilner of the Bay Area News Group is here to talk about it. The grant of rights, Wilner, it includes a variety of elements all 10 schools need to agree on. It appears that the Pac-12 is agreed on this. Uh, this includes postseason incentives and revenue sharing on media rights and you know what sponsorships are Pac-12 centralized versus left for individual campuses to sell and uh, and all of that stuff. But Help people understand the the grant of rights. How do you explain it to like your neighbor when they ask you, Wilner? Hey, what does this mean? Yeah, there's so much there's so much focus on the media rights piece of it, right? Which is how much money the networks are paying and which networks are going to show the games and what time. But there's the the second piece is the schools have to agree to basically bind their media money to the conference to the center. And so the the networks will pay the conference and then the money would get distributed without the, the schools agreeing to bind all their rights to the center, known as the grant of rights agreement. You, you can't have a media deal. And one is contingent upon the other. You know, the networks say, well, here's what we're going to do. And the schools say, all right, well, we'll we'll uh, we'll accept that if, if once it's offered and the networks say once you. Uh, you know, once you sign your grant of rights, we'll 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 sign our our deal, right? It's it kind of happens. There's two pieces that have to happen together, and then after that, they decide on expansion, right? Although I think we both, you know, everybody understands they're talking about expansion even before they have actually signed, agreed to a media deal, and and signed the grant of rights. You and I talked about this in depth on the podcast we do, and for those of you listening who haven't already listened or heard an episode of Kanzano and Wilner, the podcast, I encourage you to go to wherever you get a podcast and subscribe and give it a listen because we, we went into great depth. But I want to ask you, you know, there's been talk in the last week or so about Colorado and Arizona and the doom and gloom crowd in the Big 12 footprint. Maybe they're wishing and hoping, but what do you make of all that smoke coming out of Boulder? I mean, there's been periods of smoke from various schools uh, over the many months, right? And I, I just get back to what Colorado Chancellor Phil DeStefano said in was probably at this point is probably April, right? Where he said, "Hey, we're willing to be patient and wait and give the Pac-12 a chance to get the best deal possible." And as long as the presidents and chancellors are willing to be patient, there's a much better chance that the conference is going to stick together with the with the ten schools. And I don't ha- see any reason to think that Stefano has changed his mind on on that piece. So they are waiting for, uh, you know, the official offer, the final offer from the networks, and then they will make their decision. But I don't think anybody is going to leave until they see that final offer. That seems pretty clear. The, you know, the grant of rights we now know includes equal sharing of media rights dollars, um, which is interesting because you do have – some markets like Pullman and Corvallis, Oregon, and, you know, uh, that are worth less from a media standpoint than maybe Seattle or Phoenix or Boulder. But 
also the grant of rights included uh, some incentivized distributions for the college football playoff. How do you read that? Who wins there? What is that about? Well, certainly Washington, Oregon, and Utah, you know, would seem to be big winners since those are the the three best football programs at this point. Uh, but and there's a lot of money in that playoff, right? I mean, if you were to split, just kind of give give a, each participant fifty percent of of the the amount of money that 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 participation is generating for the conference, you give fifty percent. That's a that's tons. That's you know tens of millions of dollars potentially. So there's so much money in the playoff that to me it makes sense to split it in some fashion like that. You don't want to have an unequal share of your your TV money because then that creates conflict in the boardroom when everybody gets together, the ads or the presidents. But I don't think there's any there's any any problem with sh- with you know an eat what you kill situation uh, for for the playoff, right? And I, I think every conference is going to eventually end up in that situation. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's fair, right? If you're investing in football, you should be reaping yep. the benefits of that. Um, you know, you in the podcast we did talked about a sense of calm or maybe I know something the rest of the public doesn't know that happened with the Pac-12 in February or March. What did you mean by that? Yeah, I just think that they they know the numbers or if they don't know the final numbers of, of the media rights bids, they at least know the the basic terms and, and the, the framework. And I just have the sense, given the kind of the trajectory of the noise and how much more quiet it has been lately, I, I my gut is that sometime in late February, March, or even early April, they got bids from uh, media partners. And so they know the, the basics. And so that would then allow them behind the scenes to agree to the the piece you reported on, which is the grant of rights. They're not agreeing to a uh, grant of rights without having any idea what the, what the media rights piece is going to be. So I just feel like they have a pretty good sense of what it's going to be. And they're waiting for the final official, you know, legal offer to come in when that comes in. I don't know, but it would make sense to me that they are much further along in this process than a lot of people think. San Diego State, before I cut you loose, let's talk about them. They have, The fans, Aztec fans, really want to be in a Power 5 conference. The Pac-12 seems to be the right fit for them. Do you think San Diego State, first of all, do you think they fit better in the Pac-12 or the Big 12? Does it matter to them? I mean, will they take the Big 12 if the Pac-12 isn't asking? Tell me where you think they stand. I think they would much prefer the Pac-12. They fit much better in the Pac-12. The Big 12 does not make a whole lot of sense for them, I think, on a a bunch of fronts. One is they're not coming in at a full share, right? I mean, they would have to probably, whether it's the Pac-12 or Big 12, they'd probably have to come in with like 25% of the revenue for a couple years, then 50% of the revenue. They're not getting a full share. Uh, But I just think institutionally, given where they're located, given uh, the importance of California in their, you know, their uh, student body, uh, given the academic affiliation that they would have with Cal and Stanford as a member of the Pac-12, I just think they would much prefer that. I mean, their president has got three degrees from Cal, right? I mean, she wants to be in the Pac-12. They don't want to be schlepping all over the central and southern plains and Orlando and Morgantown, West Virginia. So I just think they want to be in the Pac-12 and they're going to have to wait. And if it costs them more money because it goes past that June 30th deadline, they they may have to just find a way to make that work. For those who want much more in-depth, 
we did about 35 minutes on the podcast on this subject. You can grab it anywhere you get a podcast. Kanzano and Wilner, the podcast. John Wilner, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, my friend. John Wilner, I, we used to work together. I was at the San Jose Mercury News all those years ago and covering the NFL and Major League Baseball, and Wilner was on the Pac-12 conference. I have so much respect for his work, and we teamed up forces on the podcast, and I, we have fun with it on a weekly basis. And, in fact, we talked a little bit today about milestones in families. I don't know if you have a kid graduating from uh, junior high to high school, or do you graduate junior high? I don't know. Going from middle school to high school or Going from high school to college, you certainly graduate high school. And I don't know, you might have a kid who's graduating college. That's a milestone. You might have a kid who's graduating preschool. That might be a milestone in your family. But we talked a little bit about it. He's got a kid leaving uh, elementary school, going off to junior high. And he equated it to, uh, he said his son is basically crawling through the sewer, escaping Shawshank to get out into middle school. I don't know. I had a great elementary school experience. It was very gentle, my elementary school. Middle school was harder for me. It was a tough school. It was a rough school. The first time I saw like and heard about gangs and stuff like that was middle school, but it kind of was reflective of where I grew up. Um, I always had, I had good experiences in school, but those transition years, like that seventh grade, for our, my middle school was seventh and eighth only. wasn't sixth grade. And that seventh grade year was a little bit of an eye-opener. And then freshman year of high school, new school, a little bit of an eye-opener. Freshman year of college, a little bit of an eye-opener. But I'm aware of that in myself, and I don't think everybody's the same. Certainly not my kid, our oldest daughter. She just kind of hits the ground running. She does not look back. And I remember it. I've told this to several people who have kids who are going off to college or you know graduating college, going off into the real world. And we all look back as parents. We're looking backward. We see our kid who is a high school kid who's graduating and we get sad when we're dropping off, off at college, this great pivot point in their life, because we're looking back at their childhood going, where did it go? What about that first bike ride without training wheels? What about that first day of kindergarten? We look backward. I, I noticed this year, as, or two years ago, when I dropped the kid off at college, I was like, she's looking forward. She's not sad about this. I'm sad. I'm wispy. I'm looking backward. She's looking forward. It's a good, good point to think about. But my kid hit the ground running in college, and I asked her, like, do you go back to your high school? Did you go back and visit? Like, she had a great high school experience. She's like, no, nah, I'm really focused on what I'm doing now. I think it's very forward thinking. Like, she's on a treadmill looking straight ahead. And uh, as a parent, I'm looking backwards going, where did it all go? Uh, great stuff with Wilner. Um, I'll dive a little deeper on it coming up in the next segment. Uh, I've talked about it throughout today's show. By the way, we had a great show today, Peter Jacobson among others. Uh, grab the podcast of today's show if you want a good listen. Uh, but coming up, I will dive deeper on the Pac-12 front. What does it mean, Grana writes? Where does it go next? The possibility of this Pac-12 saga ending feels like it's in sight now, doesn't it? I want you to leave it here. you got the BFT statewide on the Bald Face Truth Radio Network. Big birthday today in our household. Uh, Zia, the middle daughter, turning nine today. Kind of a big deal. Birthdays are a big deal at kids' elementary school. I don't remember my birthday being that big a deal. But I also know that my birthday happens to fall right around Thanksgiving. And often I wasn't in school and celebrating with other kids. We were often off that week or certainly off most of the time throughout my childhood. And so I don't have, like, the memory of being at school 
on my birthday. And so summer birthday kids, you know what I'm talking about. But our middle daughter turned nine today. Uh, talked a little bit in the last segment with John Wilner, who has a kid who's leaving elementary school, going off into middle school. You've heard me talk over the years about my kids growing up, whether it is the birth of children. I've been doing this show 17 years, so, you know, you've had a couple of kids. There's been a couple of birth announcements on this show. We haven't had a live birth yet. I tried to convince a board operator, Ferretti, once upon a time his wife was having a baby. I said, why not do it in studio? And he said his wife wouldn't go for it. But and I don't think I don't think we need to go that far. Uh, but uh, we have uh, we've seen some milestones. First day of kindergarten, kids leaving middle school, going to uh, high school, kids leaving high school and graduating and and leaving college and graduating. Next week on the show, um, we will do some graduation advice, some life advice from all of you to all of them. I always think it's a good time to reflect and think about what we wish we would have known when we were graduating. But uh, our Middle daughter turning nine, big deal her birthday. She's up bright and early, about 5.30 this morning. She uh, was, uh, She's one of these kids that was born at like 6 o'clock in the morning, and she's aware of it, and she's an early riser. Is there any correlation there that between your birth time and whether you're a morning person or not? I don't know, but seems to be true in her case, at least. And our oldest daughter was born in the afternoon, and she's very much a... Uh, sleep in kind of person i don't know discuss amongst yourselves what time of day were you born and uh what does that say about whether you're a morning person or not um anyway we're going to be doing some celebrating with her she's picked her birthday dinner spot we let the kids do that she has picked uh uh she wants to go for your pizza kitchen cpk that's her place she gets the mac and cheese with edamame on it she gets the edamame on the side big deal for her she gets to have a say in where we eat dinner. Uh, but we're going to do that tonight. Uh, I hope you celebrate the milestones in your household as well, whether it's good grades or whether it's a kid leaving elementary school, going to middle school. I, again, I'm not a big participation award guy. I don't think we should like have a big graduation ceremony every time you are leaving a grade. But uh, I don't mind clapping it out when a kid is uh, making the jump from elementary school to middle school or middle school to high school. I think those are big milestones as well in the last segment we talked uh, in some depth with wilner john wilner who covers the pac-12 about the jockeying that is going on with the pac-12 conference members i broke the news this morning the pac-12 conference members have finalized the terms of their grant of rights now what does that mean what is the grant of rights we've touched on it throughout the show but for those of you who weren't listening earlier in the program i want to tell you the grant of rights basically is the agreement among the 12 or 10 members depending on if you're the Pac-12 or the Pac-10, that includes what sponsorships the Pac-12 will sell versus what is left for individual campuses, what sets of rights the conferences can sell, like can they sell data rights, media rights, radio rights, and it will also determine how rent will be split among the 10 member schools. It's a really important document. It basically gives the conference the right to go out and then settle the rights that are included in the grant of rights to prospective media members. Now, a lot of times people will confuse the grant of rights and say, well, there's no way Oregon and Washington will sign a grant of rights unless they're getting an unequal uh, revenue share or whatnot. It, yeah, that's true, but it looks right now like Oregon, Washington, everybody, they have finalized the terms. I'm told they're on the same page. Here's the quote I got from a member of the Pac-12 CEO group. Quote, over the last few months, we have negotiated all of these issues and the grant of rights is ready to go. End quote. 
Now, the length of that contract will be dictated by the length of the Pac-12's yet-to-be-finalized media rights deal. Still need the media rights piece. That is an important piece because that's where the money's buried. But I'm told all 10 schools are ready to sign the grants of rights. They've worked out any kind of hiccups, deals, negotiations that might have. It simply comes down to the number on the media rights deal now and whether or not that you know that media deal is concluded to their satisfaction. Then the board members will say, yes, we're on board. A couple of big things going on in the background. People keep asking me, when will this get done? Hell, I thought it would get done by last Thanksgiving. Then I said Christmas. Then I said March. Um, the Pac-12 presidents and chancellors, as Wilner pointed out in the last segment, probably found something out in February or March because they seem to calm down. They seem to grow in confidence. You had Robert Robbins, the president at Arizona, who went public in an interview saying, you know, it should be a couple of weeks. You had Kirk Schultz at Washington State saying he thought a deal was a couple of weeks away. You had Colorado's athletic director, Rick George, talking like he knew something the rest of us didn't know. You had a variety of personalities. Utah's president, Utah's athletic director, Mark Harlan. All of Everybody was talking publicly in a way that indicated they knew something we didn't. And remember, in March, I was told by a member of the CEO group, that the Pac-12 was confident, think about that word, confident that it would beat the Big 12's distribution number of $31.6 million per school. Confident. And they said being in range of it was a no-brainer. I thought that was interesting. You wouldn't say that unless you knew the numbers. So I do think the numbers are there, and I think the Pac-12 knows it. And I think now we're just talking about it being a matter of time and details when it comes to the media rights package when will it get done uh i've noted that the presidents and chancellors are being very careful to preserve that late spring early summer timeline that they reset a couple of months ago now summer officially begins june 21st we are 12 days away from summer so keep an eye on june 21st as a potential target uh and by the way there is a looming deadline for san diego state that is in the background of this conversation Aztecs, probably the most strong expansion possibility. They have until June 30th to inform the Mountain West Conference if they're leaving. They missed that deadline. The $17 million exit fee doubles to $34 million. Now, a Pac-12 source told me last week that the conference can't really control their deadline. They need to get their deal done. That's where the focus is. Uh, San Diego State, I think, is being very patient, but keep an eye on June 21st, June 30th, it feels to me like they're in the backstretch. Now, we saw a lot of smoke last week with Colorado's Board of Regents in the meeting this week and people speculating that that meant Colorado and Arizona were going, going, gone, going to the Big 12 Conference. I think we have some confirmation bias going on there. I think there's some wishful people that really want Arizona or Colorado to be in the Big 12 who are filling in the blanks with what they want to be true instead of what actually is. In fact, Tuesday's agenda item uh, with the Board of Regents in Colorado, I saw so many stories that I just shook my head at because on the agenda was, quote, legal advice on a specific matter, athletics matter at CU Boulder. Um, it turns out that it was just a status update on the media rights negotiations in the Pac-12. It wasn't about Colorado going to the Big 12. So I think you can put that to rest. It looks like Colorado, Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, all moving in the same direction. There's an interesting meeting this Friday. The Board of Regents at Washington State are meeting. Uh, again, if you read me at johnconzano.com, you found out in real time this morning 
that there was breaking news and you found out all about this meeting. I go into a lot more depth on it, but looks like Kurt Schultz, the Washington State president, is looking to get signatory authority, meaning he wants the ability for his signature to approve an athletics department matter. Now, he's already approved him to uh, make deals up to $5 million. So this tells us this is a media rights issue. And, in fact, it explicitly says in the Board of Regents agenda that action item number four would, quote, give Kurt Schultz the authority to execute contracts or other agreements relating to the university's athletic media rights, end quote. Now, Schultz doesn't have that authority yet, but I'm being told by a source at Washington State that what they're trying to avoid here is having to call a special Board of Regents meeting when they need that approval. So they're giving Schultz the authority. Colorado's got another agenda item on their regents docket for Friday as well at the same time as Washington State. I would not be surprised if Colorado is also seeking that sign-off because it looks to me like you don't want to have to wait if you have uh, all these deals lined up and you've got a meteorites deal. You don't want to, in the 11th hour, have to wait. Why would the 11th hour be important? Well, San Diego State and that $17 million payout. Feels to me like like the Pac-12 conference is trying to get its deal done and also be respectful of maybe San Diego State who's waiting in the wings. I don't know. Uh, how do these deals get finalized? Uh, Bob Thompson, the retired Fox Sports Network's president, he's been on the other side of the table. Now, I reached out to him this morning, and he told me that he did not remember individual schools having to go back and consult with their regents. He said that basically Fox told the conference that, hey, you're responsible for acquiring the necessary grant of rights approvals and uh, to represent that you have those approvals. And he said, quote, how and when they did that, I have no idea, end quote. Well, I asked around. Every campus in the Pac-12 has a little different process. I talked about Washington State's process. Private schools like Stanford have a different protocol. Some of the universities, by the way, have already granted signatory rights to their presidents and chancellors. Cal did it long ago. Cal's, you know, chancellor has the ability to make a deal uh, and sign off on media rights. Now, Oregon's different in that it's working with an interim president until July 1st. So Oregon's protocol might just be a little different between now and July 1 when John Carl Schultz takes office. And I'm kind of interested to find out if. Uh, John Carlson consulted on any of this or looped in on any of this. He's going to walk through the door on July 1. He's either going to have to hit the ground running or he's going to inherit a media rights deal. So it's really interesting. But one Pac-12 CEO group, CEO group member told me, quote, each campus is doing whatever it needs to do to be ready to approve when the time comes, end quote. What do I make of all this? I make that this soap opera is moving along. It does and has felt at different times, though, that it's moving along. You still need to get the media rights numbers on paper. You still need to put ink to paper. Pac-12 still needs to finalize this, get it done, put it to rest, whatnot. Looming in the background, a major college football season. Pac-12 media day is July 21st. Then you have week one of the college football season on the horizon you got oregon oregon state washington washington state and everybody else going to play football games so you don't want to be dealing with this come august and september you really don't in fact if you're the pac-12 i don't even think you want to be dealing with this in july if i'm the pac-12 uh you have you have a a deadline 
that is kind of floating out there going, hey, you're, you're, you're in your last year of your deal at July 1. Now, keep in mind that the Big Ten Conference, they did not announce their new deal until they were in about seven months remaining on their existing contract. So I think a lot of what we've seen in the last four, five, six months has been a narrative that has been forced onto the Pac-12 by outsiders who are hoping that the conference implodes, maybe um, some gloom and doom, maybe some anxiety uh, derived from USC and UCLA leaving the conference a year ago, you know, June 30th, uh, and people kind of fretting and going, oh, gosh, who's next, all of that stuff. Like, but I think the bottom line is that the that you have heard on this show, the reporting that you have read from me at johnconzano.com, is has not wavered. It has not changed. The 10 members are galvanized. They are unified. They now have agreed upon a grant of rights. That is an important distinction because there, for a while there, it was like, well, will Oregon and Washington sign a grant of rights? I'm being told all 10 members will sign the grant of rights, that they have ironed out all of the issues. College football playoff will be, money will be distributed uh, with incentives so if you make the playoff, you get a bigger share of that. I think that's where all of college football is going. Oregon and Washington and Utah have to be happy about that in particular. Maybe Oregon State, too. Uh, and I also think it's interesting that NCAA tournament units will not be incentivized. They will be distributed equally. I think that is a really interesting facet of this deal. The perception being that probably Oregon and Washington – uh, are better positioned to derive, uh, you know, larger shares of of tournament money when it comes to basketball. But it appears at this point that basketball units will be split equally. So keep an eye on that as uh, this all unfolds. We will be back tomorrow with another great show. Peyton Pritchard on the show tomorrow. He's back uh, in Oregon participating in a Westland High School basketball camp. Peyton Pritchard giving back to the uh, community that, he came up in, but we'll talk tomorrow about the NBA Finals with Peyton Pritchard. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, Sorry Truth. to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.